Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, July the 6th. Did you enjoy your hot dogs and fireworks for this country's Independence Day? (laughs) Yeah. My Dodgers are surging. The Montreal Canadiens said, not tonight, Bolts. We are not going to go into that night tonight. Woo, we got a game five in NHL. And you know I got to speak on Rachel Nichols. You know what show you're listening to, right? (laughs) But first, we're going to speak about these NBA finals. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. start here let's talk about it the nba final starts tonight starts tonight at 6 p.m pacific man you got the suns number two seed overall versus the bucks number three in the east suns with home court advantage suns seem to be fully healthy we'll say we got to find out what's happening with cam johnson but for the most part fully healthy and the bucks are hobbling with Giannis Antetokounmpo with that hypersthenic left knee, the knee that he explodes off of and the knee that he uses to do all those Euro steps. This will be interesting. One thing I can say is this, is that the Bucks look like a real NBA team without Giannis. The roles seem to be not as defined. I think really more so Brooke Lopez. And anyone who knows me, I, I'm a big advocate of playing the game, I say the right way, inside out given to the big man, especially if you have disadvantages or if you have the advantage with a big man. So if you're equally matched down there, then you use any other advantage. The the whole status of the the triangle, which is what the greatest coach I believe at all time used, Phil Jackson, and with Tex Winter there to help it along to educate people on the triangle was about using your mismatches. It was always about establishing the post, running action off the post, and having a, a kind of a triangle setup where you have people on the perimeter and a triangle angle, but it's not always on the perimeter. It's just always, every action is always somehow making a triangle, but it was to utilize the mismatches down below. Now with the Lakers, it was easy because you had Shaq down there, but with, with Michael Jordan, he was like in a, in a mid post area. And then on that area, if you, as soon as you brought another defender, you can move the ball around. You, you can have action on the weak side, back cuts, things of that nature. They weren't, not that you have to use a triangle, Don't let's not get escaping there, but I'm saying is without Giannis, you can utilize Brook in the post. But Giannis can start working in the post as well. I think with Giannis coming back into the fold, they can see how they can run their, their half-court sets. And you might have to run it with Giannis in the post and Brook at the high post, not always having Brook at the three. Because having Brook at the three is, is making it, making the job easier for the other team. Because even though Brook can hit that shot, He's more dominant in the post as he put up 33 points or whatnot the other night. Double-double. Better numbers than Aiden. He's got more experience at this. Brooke, at one point, people forget, used to be an all-star. He used to be coveted as the best, if not one of the top three best big men in the game. This is before DeMarcus Cousins. This is obviously before Jokic. Before all these guys, Brooke Lopez was that dude. And so for them to forget, he's a former he's a former All-Star. Drew Holiday, former All-Star. Middleton, so-so All-Star. 
they have the better roster. They should win. However, they have Giannis, who's supposed to be the reigning MVP. Two-time, defensive player of the year. Even 80% of him should be enough. They should be stacked, right? However, I believe more in Monty Williams. I believe in the relationship between Monty Williams and Chris Paul, what they have endured over the years up together early on and then since then and now back together full circle chris paul coveted the point god for a reason this man would give you 12 dimes and zero turnovers you know how hard that is to do you know what i love westbrook and all the westbrook friends and everything like that but but one thing i've always said is he gets all these rebounds that he can't shoot and as much assist as he gets he gets almost the same amount in turnovers tonight he'll get like six turnovers he'll get 12 assists and six turnovers in my mind, that's really only six assists. I'm not saying that's low number, but it's 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 counterproductive. With Chris Paul, all his assists are fluid, man. He'll get maybe one turnover a night, man. It's ridiculous. Assist to turnover ratio is probably the king. Him and Stockton, that's it. Even Magic had a bunch of turnovers. Stockton and, and Chris Paul and maybe Magic Johnson, top three. It's tough. Over Steph Curry right now. Steph Curry can't shoot his brains out. He's not getting assists like this. Trey Young is getting more assists than Steph Curry. Steph Curry, is a, he, he runs off that pick. He runs around like a roadrunner and hits those threes. He's not a true point guard. He's an undersized shooting guard. That's a fact. It's like Harden's a, a tweener as well. He's a shoot. He's a shooting guard who has the ball a lot. So this all this new thing is positionless basketball. So when I think of a true point guard, we call him the point god for a reason. It's Chris Paul quintessential point guard him Stockton Magic and Magic's not really even a point guard he was like a point forward he could do anything that's like saying look they call Magic really a point guard it's calling LeBron a point guard if you think about it because of his size you forget when he won his first championship and won finals MVP what position did he play Cap was hurt he started at center as a rookie center so he's more was the beginning of positionless basketball started with Magic Johnson but then you start seeing all the stretch fours and stuff like that come later. But my point is, with this series, it's kind of up in the air. There's not a huge uh, uh, um, clear-cut favorite as this season. When they played, they, they, it was like a two-point differential between the two games they played. And players played hurt. There was, there was players who did not play, so we don't have a real clear-cut who's going to win it. I think with Giannis, it's harder for Phoenix to actually guard them. Without Giannis, with Giannis, it's easier to easier for them to play defense on that team. So it'll be very interesting to see if Giannis is going to play game one, two, or three. I'm going to bet on the fact that he's not going to play game one. If if the Bucks win game one, he will not play game two either. He will play by game three when they are back home in Milwaukee. That will be the first game that he plays. Even if they go down 0-1, they're like, well, they're on the road. So I don't feel like Giannis will play until game three. And with that, it might be a 1-1 series by the time they get to game three and Giannis will play, then the series will get very interesting. So we have to wait and see what happens there. Quick fact, before we move forward from this whole series, what I've been hearing along the, the chatter sphere <laughs> is that Chris Paul, if, 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 if was the fifth, if he wins the championship, which I believe they will do, he will become a New York Knickerbocker because of his connections 
with the newfound management. Being the people who represented him, he know Chris is about his money for so long. New York Knicks will pay him all the money. Now, the Suns have his bird rights. The Suns can pay him more, but it's really for longer. Is it really more? It's not like Chris Paul wants to play another four, five years. He probably is gonna play another two to three years. And if that is the case, Phoenix doesn't have much leverage, do they? So, because there's a reason why he has not opted in. He had a player option in and got 43 million easy money. He has, a, he has the player option, but he has not done that. He's leaving himself open. So, word on the street is, you're hearing it here, that if the Phoenix Suns win the championship, he will then sign as a free agent to New York. We all know New York's looking for a point guard. And who else better to get besides Chris Paul? Because now that he has his ring, he can do whatever he wants to do. He can go over there and do all his money moves, do all his money making dudes like how LeBron came to LA. Chris Paul, I could see him going to New York Knicks and shining bright there and getting paid all the money to do so and to set up the rest of his life, his post basketball career. Now, the question is what will happen if they lose? If, and I, before we move on, I believe that he should. I won't say would, should stay with the Suns if he wins. He's a god down there. Bring them their first title ever. But like Kawhi, that doesn't seem to mean much to these guys. They have their own motives. They're, they're brands now. They're not just basketball players. They're not like, oh, I won here. Let me just finish here and ride into the sunset. Will this team have my jersey retired? He, hey, he plays there this one year, win the championship. He'll still get his jersey retired. As Kawhi will probably get his jersey retired in Toronto because he brought them their only ring. They're, you're a god there whether you play another season or not. Some people say Kawhi Leonard, the top five player in Toronto Raptors history already. He was only there for one season. So I think the same thing will be said with Chris Paul if he delivers a championship. He'll be top three or four Phoenix Sun player ever. Maybe top two, him and Charles Barkley. <laughs> so we have to wait and see. Now, moving on to rather if, if he were to lose, if the Suns were to lose, Chris Paul were to lose in the finals. I believe here comes the hate. I believe he's going to try to get a ring. He would know if he doesn't win it this year with Phoenix, the chances of them winning it the next year will be slim to none. As you see how things change quickly in the NBA. And as you can see how the, the Nets were hobbled, they'll be back. Golden State will now have with their new draft picks. They have a lot of flexibility to move a lot of different things around. They might end up with Ben Simmons with all the flexibility they have. They will have Klay Thompson coming back. They will have Wiseman coming back. And I said this in other platforms that I believe that Wiseman is actually a better version of Aiton. I called it early. I even dropped in my fantasy league. I said Aiton is the key to this entire engine here in Phoenix. Aiton was not being utilized properly. And mind you, when the Suns started doing their damage was late in the year and in the bubbles because Aiton was gone the first half of the season. He missed the first 41 games of the season. So I knew their record and who they were was more of a farce. And I knew there'll be a contender this year. I didn't know they'll be this good. But I knew before Chris Paul that they would be a contender. I said before Chris Paul, I said, oh, they'll be a top 17. When Chris Paul got there, I said, oh, they'll be a top 14. Number two in the league. So Chris Paul can see the writing on the wall. If they don't win it this year, they, you know, there's not going to be a hurt AD. It's not going to be a hurt Kawhi. And who knows where he ends up next season. That's a whole other topic for another day. There won't be a hurt Nets. The Bucks will, the Bucks will be even better because they have their top three players signed for long-term deals. 
So what do you do if you're Chris Paul, a year older, 36, 37? You go join your banana boat brother in LA. People say, oh no, he wants his money. Let me show you how it can happen. You do a sign, you do a series of sign and trades. I don't think it's gonna be a three-team deal. I think we straight up sign and trades. You might even send Schroeder, you might sign Schroeder, trade him off, and you can have Chris Paul do a opt into his contract and trade him off. You can definitely do that. And he can finish his career in LA where his family's already there. So you know who I'm rooting for. As much as I hate Coach Bug, he's gonna be a made man after he wins. He's to me, he's a mediocre coach. I wanted Nate McMillan to get that job, but Nate already re-signed with the Atlanta. We're going to get to that next. Because I'm a Laker fan first, I want Chris Paul to lose because I do not want to lose him to the Knicks. It wins for me in, in, in duality. It wins two ways for me because if they lose, I'm telling you, there's no other place he's going to go. He's not going to stay with the, he's not gonna stay with the Suns no matter what. Win or lose, he's leaving. He was there on a trial and he's like, hey, look what's turned out to be. Getting all my money and I'm, I'm, I'm doing something great here. But if he loses, I strongly believe he will go to the Lakers to obtain that ring. It'll be LeBron's last chance to win. And it'll be also Chris Paul's last chance to win. I, LeBron James is the godfather to Chris Paul's oldest son. Of course, if he can do it his way and still get paid with the sign and trade, he will be a Laker next season if he loses. He will be a Nick next season if he wins. He will, I don't see a scenario where he stays with the Suns. Sorry, Suns fans hate me later we'll have to wait and see but it comes to this coaching carousel with the coaching carousel we have so many moves that have happened as we talked about before Atlanta Hawks they had Lloyd Pierce when they had Lloyd Pierce they were the 12th seed in the east at a 14 and 20 record enter interim head coach who was an assistant to Lloyd Pierce and that's interesting Nate McMillan did great things everywhere he had just got an extension with Indiana then they fired him and for him to get another job he had to be an assistant coach Hmm. Interesting. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. He was assistant coach for Lloyd Pierce. Brother looked out for his brother. Nate McMillan comes in there, ends up finishing the season 27 and 11. The best record from that period of time since he's taken over in the Eastern Conference. So it's no surprise why they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, is it? They were the best team in the East during that period of time. Nate McMillan's there. He just got re-up for a four-year deal. Um, and, and actually, I thought it was them holding off. They offered this to him earlier at the beginning of the playoffs. He said he wants to make a decision when the series is, season is over. He wanted to focus on trying to win the championship. That's the kind of man he is. I love it. Going on with Boston. Exit Brad Stevens. What does he do? <laughs> he gets the president role. He gets a promotion. He goes up top to the upper room. And Jalen Brown, who, who made a very strong argument that he wanted a coach of color, bring in Ime Udoku. He's played many years. He played on, he coached assistant coach under Popovich and also play for Popovich. He brings in with his lovely wife, uh, Nia Long, will come along in Boston, see how that turns out. And Aimee Ndoka, first time head coach, love it. He was also former 76ers assistant coach not too long ago. Dallas Mavericks, get rid of Rick Carlisle, get out of here. To me, he's overrated. Uh, he's the president of the Coaches Association. He's out, bring in Jason Kidd. He was an assistant with the Lakers, he's a head coach. For the Bucks, Giannis was mad when he was gone. Head coach for the Nets was helping them turn them around. So he get all the teams to turn them around. Then when you get a player like Giannis, once he starts turning it around, it's okay, let's go ahead and give him Budenhoser. Budenhoser did horribly down in Atlanta. He did okay in Atlanta, I should say that. And he gets a promotion. Gets a, so he gets a better player in Giannis. These are things I don't like. Jason Kidd had become an assistant. Now he goes back and he gets inherited 
a great player in Luka Doncic. So let's see how that turns out. Things are starting to turn around. It's coach we just spoke about, Nate Jorkin out of Indiana. There for one season behind Nate McMillan. They realized very quickly as Nate continued to ascend in the East, like, wait a minute, that could have been us. Yes, you guys have some great players and some bonus. You guys have Brogdon. You guys have Miles Turner, the, the best. He should have won defensive player of the year, except he was injured towards the end of the season. Let this let the league in, in block shots. Three a game. <laughs> so you have these kind of assets. You guys still play like crap. So yes, Nate, you're out. Insert Rick Carlisle. As much as I'd say that he's overrated, he's much better than Nate. Not Nate McMillan. This Nate. They got rid of one Nate and got the other wrong Nate. Now that Nate's out. So we got Rick Carlisle in there. And I think they will, you'll see some great things come out of Indiana this year. As much as, like I said, I think he's overrated. But damn it, he's still not a bad coach. All right. New Orleans Pelicans. Stan Van Gunny after one season, gone. Just like that. You're already having players talking about they don't want to come back. You have Zion Williamson. There's big talks about how they could put together a blockbuster trade, uh, the Knicks in that, and getting Zion Williamson. There's a lot of talks that he has the same agency as Chris Paul. But those same, he has the same connections in that front office in New York. That's the rumblings that Zion is out. And if Zion's out, mm, I don't, it, you know what? They might have another brother coach there because they're going to have all their talent leave town. So stay tuned there. Orlando Magic, Steve Clifford, he's gone. Another another coach that's not so great who i think they should add here penny hardaway should be clear-cut favorite he should be the only person you interview for that job penny hardaway give him the house because he's doing big things in memphis it's hard to draw people away from college when, when in college the coaches is everything they run the whole show so it'd be great to see penny hardaway come back to the organization who drafted him portland trailblazers terry stotts like him as a person at least from what i can see seem like a very personable guy seem like a player's coach but obviously falling short he needs to put they need a coach who can put together some better defensive strategies and also run some um get teach dame how to be a better point guard not just a shooter and insert chauncey billups he was actually looking to get front office position but they were scared on that but look what phoenix has done by bringing in jones first time running the front office phoenix is doing very well got monty brooks there so people are looking now like wait a minute how do we do how do we duplicate that success now, it, is, it sucks that you got to wait to a point like that to say, oh, look, they're doing it. Someone just took a chance and did it, and look, they're winning. Oh, what a concept. Hmm. Chauncey Billups is there as Portland's head coach. More shakeups to happen later. Washington Wizards, Scott Brooks is out. Another overrated coach. He had a bunch of gifted stars his whole career. He got Westbrook twice. He had Bill. Come on, man. And OKC, what did he have? He had KD. James Harden, Serge Ibaka, Westbrook. He had Reggie Jackson for a period of time. <laughs> Who else? Did, did he, he didn't get Shea because that's the other coach you have Shea. But Scott Brooks always had great players. Adams. He's finally out from the Wizards. And the thing is this. How many of these guys, Stotts and Brooks and all these different guys, are they going to go ahead and get an assistant coach's job? Or are they going to college? Like, I, I, I want to see that same energy. Because that's what happened. Chauncey Billups was an assistant coach under Ty Lue. But guess who Ty Lue was an assistant under? Ty Lue won a championship in 2016. First time ever someone being down 3-1. They didn't give him no respect because he said, oh, LeBron, LeBron pretty much coached that team. And then he couldn't really get a job. He turned out a Lakers job, so let's be fair. But after that, he should have been front runner for all the jobs. He should have never even been let go from Cleveland. He had to be an assistant coach. A brother man had to pick him up say, hey, I got you. Make you the assistant coach. And when I leave, you can have it. That's what happened. And so if Chauncey can get a look 
Lou says, I'm going to pay it forward. Chauncey, come on in. And because of our success, you'll be first on board for another job. That's what happened. We need more of that to happen, though. And I don't want this to be this whole racial thing in the old boys club. It's starting to get blown up right before our eyes. And of course, the NBA is leading the way. We're going to have more talks about the free agencies next week. What could possibly happen? Who's going to go where? We'll get into that next week. I'm going to take another short break. This is The Time Is Now. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. You know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday. So let's go. We got Michelle Kwan turning 41 this week. Funny man Kevin Hart turning 42. And Brock Lesnar turning 44. And Curtis Jackson, 50 cent, turning 46 this week. Paul Gasol turning 41. And Pudding Pops himself, just out of prison, fresh out of prison, Bill Cosby turning 84. T and Tamara Moray turning 43. And Paul Silas is turning 78. Sly, Sylvester Stallone's turning 75. And Pat Beverly's turning 33. Number 43, George W. Bush is turning 75, and Manny Machado is turning 29. Zion Williamson can finally drink because he's turning 21 and chocolate gray. Remember him? Tay Zonday is turning 39 this week. Lil' Kim turning 47, and Ringo Starr is turning 81. The Dalai Lama is turning 86, and Michelle Rodriguez from the Fast and Furious franchise is turning 43. And from a different world, Freddie from a different world, Free Summer is turning 52. And Jaden Smith is turning 23, and Tom Hanks is turning 65, and Kevin Bacon is turning 63, and Tyson Kidd from the WWE is turning 41. OJ Simpson and his Bronco, they out there turning 74. Lance Gross turning 40, and Giorgio Armani is turning 87. Wow. Fred Savage. Fred Savage from, is turning 45, and Wolfgang Puck is turning 72. Kevin Nash from the WWE, you know him as Diesel, is turning 62. Sophia Vergara, mm, turning 49. Sami Zayn from the WWE is turning 37. And Antonio Brown, AB, is turning 33. And Culture Couture, Couture Cephas is turning three. You know that's the baby from, from Offset and Cardi B, turning three. And Richard Simmons turning 73. And finally, Jessica Simpson is turning 41. We have some honorable mentions. Nikola Tesla, who the famous Tesla's line is named after, the, 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 the physicist, the, the electrician, the engineer, would have been 165 this week, passed away in 1943. And finally, Charlie Murphy, the older brother to Eddie Murphy, funny man. Charlie Murphy, with the four-finger seat to the face, smack. Charlie Murphy, passed away in 2017, would have been 62 this week. That's all the birthdays we have. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to The Time Is Now. We're going to get into some NHL action. 
as the Montreal Canadiens just the other night says, you will not pass. You will not sweep us, Montreal. I'm sorry, Tampa Bay, Montreal said. There will be a game five. They staved off an elimination with a 3-2 overtime win against the Tampa Bay Lightning just Monday night. Josh Anderson scored his second goal of the night to save Montreal season an extra period. With the win, the Canadians are avoided becoming the first team in 23 years to get swept in the Stanley Cup final, would have been, which has been monumental. Things looked tenuous for Montreal at the beginning of the overtime and the beginning of the game. Captain Shea Weber was sent to the penalty box in a 2-2 game with just 105 remaining in regulation on a four-minute double minor penalty for a high stick on Tampa Bay's Andre Palat. It gave the Lightning a man avid advantage for the end of regulation and the first three minutes of overtime. The Canadians' defense stood up and Carey Price was excellent all night, stopping 32 of the 34 shots he faced. Montreal killed off all five penalties they faced on their way to the win. After the game, interim head coach Dominique Ducharme praised the special teams. Guys did a tremendous job on the PK and stayed aggressive. Took away the options when they were set up and we got rewarded. It was a great game. I actually um, just caught the highlights, to be honest with you guys. I was really, really busy. Didn't get a chance to see a lot of that stuff. So, But it was really, really great to see what happened just last night. As the Canadians said, not today, not going to happen, not going to be able to do it. Now, the NHL is a little different. In the NHL, people do actually come back from 3-0 deficits, and the NBA is unheard of. 3-1 is even harder. Well, it was something that was just barely happened in the finals a few years ago. We spoke about that earlier. But in hockey, it's it's very, I'm going to say it's easy. It's, it just happened more times. Only in hockey, it seems like the sport where you could be down 0-3 and come back and win. I haven't seen it in baseball. It's probably happened. I just can't recall. And it's never happened in the NBA, at least not in the finals, where a team was down 0-3 and came back and won. So we have to sit tight and see what's going to happen on that. I think the game is going to be um, tomorrow night. That's going to watch that. It's going to be on NBC. The cool thing now is finally the finals are merged together. It's just this one is further along. It's always that way. NHL is always a step further than the NBA. NBA gives them a lot more time off. So we have NBA finals tonight, game one. And we have game five for the NHL tomorrow night. And they're going to stagger back and forth, which is pretty cool. Um, hopefully they can go all the way to game seven so we keep all of us entertained, entertained. Moving on to the MLB. Man, we got a lot of movement happening. So in the MLB, if you get into it, we have the All-Star Game, which is happening, I believe, next week on the 13th. So we have the All-Star Game. All the selections have been made. But we have something that's never happened before in history. In history. So you got to take a look at this. So break it down further. You have each roster, roster of 30 teams all compiled on here. All right, on the American League, for center field, we have Salvador Perez from the Royals, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from the Blue Rays in first base. Second base, got Marcus Simeon from the Blue Jays as well. Third base, got Rafael Devers for the Red Sox. Shortstop, Xander Bogarts from the Red Sox as well. Outfielder, Mike Trout, the GOAT from the Angels. Outfielder, Aaron Judge from the Yankees. Outfielder, Tailscar Hernandez from the Blue Jays. And their DH, the DH? is Shohei Atane from the Angels. We're going to talk a little bit more of that in a little bit. I'm not going to talk about the reserves. When you go into the pitchers, and who's the first, first pitcher, primary pitcher, is Shohei Atane. 
Do you know that's the first time that's happened in baseball history? Atani was both voted in as a DH and selected by the players as a pitcher. This is the first time this ever happened. That a player's name, an all-star at both positions, player and pitcher, never happened. And baseball is the, what they say, America's favorite pastime. It's the original pastime. It is the oldest sport, team sport that we still play here in the States. And this has never happened, not even Babe Ruth. Hmm. <laughs> boy, oh boy, that man from Japan is doing his big thing. Shohei Itani, do your thing, brother, do your thing. And the National League, Buster Posey. I'm sorry, did I say center field last time? My bad. Salvador Perez is catcher. My bad, my bad. I apologize, I said center field. I meant as catcher. Catcher, Buster Posey from the Giants. First base, Freddie Freeman from the Braves. Second base, Adam Frazier from the Pirates. Third base, Nolan Arenado from the Cardinals. Shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr. from the Padres. Outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves. And outfielder Nick Castellanos from the Reds. And outfielder Jesse Winker from the Reds. All right, so we don't go over the reserves. We're going to go right into the pitchers. Jacob DeGrom is the one number one pitcher voted in, but he's already stated he's not going to pitch during this All-Star game as he's recovering uh, from his injury earlier this season. So he most likely will be you Darvish from the Padres who's going to go ahead and do that. Well, we're almost there, halfway through the season. And right now, there's a lot of shakeups going on. As the power rankings have changed dramatically over the past week, and the Dodgers, my Dodgers are surging high, who've won 10 of their last 11 games. Um, they moved up from the sixth overall power rank team to number one um, power rank team, but just slightly a half game behind the Giants, which can change any day. Dodgers right now are the hottest team in baseball, them and the Red Sox. My Dodgers, the Dodgers, the hottest team in baseball right now. You got to respect them. Um, they're really, I believe right now they're a half game behind, like I said, um, 53 and 32 as the, the, the Giants are 53 and 31 are the two best teams in the league right now. Got to respect them. Put some respect on their name. Hopefully my Dodgers can finally be the team they were supposed to be this whole time. And I believe Bauer should come back from his suspension sooner than later. All right. So finally with the WNBA, not really much to speak about this week in the WNBA, in my humble opinion, because um, my team sucks right now in the Sparks. I got to start rooting for the next nearby team and um, the Aces. You all know that my Amazon queen is there in, in, in Vegas. So for those Aces, they're they just taking over the number one seed from the Storm, who have been the number one team in the league all season until now. So that they have the Twin Towers down there in, uh, in, in Vegas. And I look forward to going to see them this weekend. If I could get there in time, Friday, I could catch them. Minnesota Lynx versus the Aces. The Lynx are just not the same without Maya Moore. It would be great if Maya Moore was still playing. And that team will be much more competitive. Look forward. She may come back. She will be getting an SB this weekend as well um, for her courageous works and getting her husband out of jail. He wasn't her husband at the time, though. But, you know, if you follow the story, you know what I'm talking about. But WNBA, uh, Sparks suck. Like, literally, not even trying to, to exaggerate. But UNESCO's doing big things over in New York. The Indiana Fever, since last time we spoke last week, actually won a game. But they're like 2-16 and 16 right now. That's just a dumpster fire of an organization right now. It's just an embarrassment to have a team have that low of a winning percentage. Hopefully, they can turn it around in the WNBA. I have to touch on this before we go. I wanted to talk a little bit about Shohei Atane and, and just how he's not getting enough attention. And 
baseball. We gotta start paying attention to what's happening in baseball, especially with Shohei Atane. It's criminal at this point. We gotta start getting these games on. They have to find a way to start and starting a better way of inclusion when it comes to Shohei Atane. Okay. Now, um, on to UFC this weekend. There's a big fight. I should know because the tickets, everything in Vegas is expensive. There's there's concert here, concert there, but also the biggest thing, the biggest draw. You got people coming from everywhere to see the Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor three the rubber match. This will settle it all. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Okay, Dustin Poirier is probably going to win, but I'm going for Conor because why not? You know, Conor is very entertaining. Uh, even though he's made some racy comments back in the days, I still go for Conor. But in the undercard, I found it interesting how you have uh, Ty Tuivasa versus Greg Hardy. We all know Greg Hardy, the woman beater. He used to play in the NFL. Last time, I believe he played for the Carolina Panthers. He's been doing pretty well in the heavyweight division, actually, surprisingly. And I look forward to seeing what happens in that card. I, hopefully, I'm out there in Vegas to, to witness that. So this weekend, don't forget to get to order or to stream <laughs> however you do it. It's going to be at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Watch that matchup. Log it into your calendars. It should be entertaining. Finishing off with the Olympics. In the Olympics, it seems like so many things are occurring. First, you hear the things about the swim team and how the African-American swim team girls cannot wear their caps. They want to wear the ethnic caps. The caps are going to be best fitted for them, saying that it's not a natural fit. Um, natural for natural normal size heads. So what you're saying is that um, they're wearing caps. They have to wear caps that's only good for uh, people who traditionally swim, which are not black people. Interesting. Um, yet they must understand that um, only black people, because are the only ones with thicker, coarser hair, they need different caps, guys. So um, if this is supposed to be a sport of inclusion, you might want to understand that uh, black women and men have different type of hair. I have long locks. I can't, I'm still to this day looking for a, uh, a swimming cap. I said shower cap, a swimming cap that can fit my coarse hair. Something that will not damage it, something that will not allow the water to get in. So you have to be more culturally sensitive, people, when you are saying, oh, you cannot wear this and this is more natural fitting. What is natural fitting? It's not about the size of your head in, entirely. It's about the type of hair that's fitting in there. When you have hair that is not as coarse, that is silky smooth, as you like to call it, it tucks in there easily. Easily. When you have long braids or locks or just coarse hair, it won't fit as snugly. So hopefully they make some changes there, but I doubt it. Not, not this year anyways. And so, because we haven't really been in that sport too long. Also, the Shikari... Shakari Richardson, scandal, Weedgate, as she knowingly broke the rules, which is a dumb rule, but that's not the point, and may miss the entire Olympics. Now, the update is that she's going to miss her individuals and probably would most likely be able to uh, compete in the relays. So hopefully she can help us there, but she won't get the title as fastest woman on earth at these Olympics. Luckily, she's young enough to come back again in the next three years, not four this time, in the next three years. So we'll look forward to seeing her in the future doing that. I want her to dominate all the Jamaicans, man. So um, it's unfortunate. I want to bring race into this. Um, they just need to change the laws and the policies. I know this is a global games, but we all know you can go to Switzerland. That's also global. You can, we all know that, that marijuana is not something that's going to be any sort of enhancement drug. 
it's, if anything, it's probably slowing her down. So, uh, and I know how people deal with their mental health issues. We all know we all have people have lost and have different ways of grieving as she lost her mother not too long ago. Um, I just feel like, I just wish she had better people in her circle that would have kept her away from such things. Now she's still a grown adult, makes her own decisions, but when you're grieving, when you're having mental trauma, you do different things. And to me, what she did was more healthier than a lot of other people do. They get drunk. Okay. They get reckless. They become suicidal. Trust me. I know. So, final thing about the Olympics. Sticking on these same things. The Nigerian women, the relay team, the 4x4. They've been disqualified based on an error. An error by the people at the games. Not an error on their own part. But by the people officiating. Putting cones in the wrong places. So they're disqualified based on someone else's error. Tell me how that's fair. Like at this point, I'm like, do you? <laughs> and then the woman with the hammer throw and, and turning her back on it. I'm like, do they want us there? Because they're finding all types of ways of making us uncomfortable. And when we do things, they're finding all kinds of technicalities to get us out of the game. I don't know. If you don't want us there, hey, let's just create our own, man. I'm tired of this BS, man. Just create your own. Because I'm tired of this, man. We dominate, and they got to find ways to keep us out. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm going to root for those Nigerian women. Hopefully, they can find a way to get back into these games. You know, uh, I don't know. Maybe we need to boycott the next one or something. I don't know. Because at this point, it's just getting utterly ridiculous. Um, you know, if you just want certain people to be there, you're just tired of certain people with the, with the amount of melanin to dominate, just say so and find ways around it. But right now, it's seeming pretty passive-aggressive at this point. All right, well, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to The Time Is Now. We do not own the rights to this music. Temptation. Brenda got herself a boyfriend. Her boyfriend was a cousin. Now let's watch the joy. And she tried to hide a pregnancy from a family who really didn't care to see or give a damn if she went out and had a church of kids. As long as when the check came, they got first dips. Now Brenda's belly's getting big. 
figure But no one seems to notice any change in her figure She's 12 years old, just she's having a baby In love with a molester who's sex and a crazy And yet, and also thinks that'll be with her forever And dreams of a world with the two of them are together Whatever, he left there and she had the baby solo She had it on the bathroom floor and didn't know so She didn't know what to throw away and what to keep She wrapped the baby up and threw him in a trash heap I guess she thought she'd get away, wouldn't hear the cross She didn't realize how much the little baby had her eyes Now the baby's in a trash heap, ballin' Mama can't help her, but it hurts to hear her callin' Brenda wants to run away Mama say you're making me lose pay And social workers here every day Now Brenda's gotta make her own way Can't go to a family, they won't let her stay No money, no babysitter, she couldn't keep a job She tried to sell crack but end up getting robbed So now what's next? It ain't nothing left to sell So she sees sex as a way of leaving hell It's paying her rent So she really can't complain Prostitute fans swing And Brenda's her name, she's got a baby This week it's simple. I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. Because everyone else has been talking about for the last 48 hours, even 72 hours now at this point. Rachel Nichols. <laughs> Rachel Nichols. And the thing is, is that as surprised as I am, I'm not really surprised. Because there's nothing new under the sun. You can't assume that because someone is cool with or works with a certain amount of people that they won't have those same or similar thoughts. And maybe it was out of anger and, uh, of course, some jealousy. You know, Maria Taylor's been getting it for so long now. Even the scandal over a year ago when she made a, a slight mix-up on her All-NBA team. And they gave her a hard time about that. Like, who is she really? She's catching everyone off guard and, and taking the league over by storm. She's young in her early 30s. But the thing is, she's not new to this. She's true to this. She she hit the ground running. She She's carved her way into our living rooms. So those of you who don't really know who she is, you got to forget she was a collegiate athlete. Scholarship, full scholarship over with the Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs. 
two-athlete sport. She played basketball and volleyball. She went on the junior national team in, in volleyball. Broke records. Fourth all-time in kills. Before she was on NBA Countdown, she was sideline reporter for the NCAA football. She did that for a number of years. On so many levels. Co-starring with Gottlieb and others like that. She's not just somebody who just showed up on the party. She's just someone who's perfected her craft and owned the respect of her peers. When you see her on the show, the, the jokes and stuff she does, those things are organic. It's not that she's just a pretty black girl and they just proper, no, she's someone who's established. She's someone who, who worked at the bottom and was just glaring. If you remember some years back, she also had controversy with Sabin. Y'all remember that? Saban talking to her like crazy and black Twitter came for him. And Rachel, you're not going to dodge these either. As I saw Captain Jack trying to come to your defense. I saw other people trying to make excuses and saying things like, oh, well, you know, um, yeah, well, you know, ESPN has been doing that and they're trying to push the black narrative. Well, you know, she actually had the job, but then because of all the things that were happening last year, they thought it was best to possibly give it to Maria because it's best to have black faces and listen to yourselves. Listen to yourselves. On that audio, she was also even talking, she even giggled when old boy was talking about the Me Too movement as a woman. How do you laugh at something like that? Even in that audio, she explained that she's happy for her and happier than I understand it, but she put the butt in there. People see her coming. She's young, talented, and gifted. You want to demean her accomplishment by the color of her skin? See, it's interesting because you have the show, The Jump. You have your own show. She doesn't even have her own show. She shares a show. You have your own show. We can sit there and do all your little soliloquies. And, and I always thought that you talk too much on your show, to be honest with you. And we all know that you can write. But who have said you even got into that position um, that you're in right now? All the things you've been gifted through the NBA. You sure had nothing to do with your godmother or whoever she is, Diane Sawyer? Your relationship with Diane Sawyer? No? Who's like the queen, the godmom of ABC? No? Hmm. Okay. Okay, so you have some young person who has to get it through the mud and you want to go ahead and say she got it based upon her color of her skin. Then why didn't L. Duncan get it? Hmm? Sage still been around for 100 years. Why she didn't get it? I, they just kicked Jamel ass out the door. Carrie Champion. We love Carrie Champion. She's not even with the network anymore. So, so why Maria Taylor? Maybe she earned it. What a concept. Because the thing is, if it was a man or if it was a white man, no one would bat an eye. They would say, oh, okay, well, he deserved it. Would you have made the same statements then, Rachel? Oh, yeah, your excuse would be, oh, well, it's a man's world. You know, the old boys club. You wouldn't feel offended if it was Doris Burke then, would you? Because you have no excuses. Because she's been doing this longer. She's like, she's like royalty in basketball. And what did Doris Burke do? Doris Burke did what she did to make to pave the way for women like Maria. Maria is like similar to Doris Burke how she had to grind it out. She's just able to get it sooner earlier years in her early 30s where Doris had to wait until her late 40s. 
So instead of critiquing or trying to jab at her or trying to find something to discredit her, look to her and say, what does she do? Maybe I can do that too. Because I assure you that what she's getting right now, the accolade she's receiving right now has nothing, nothing to do because the fact that she's black. She just happens to be black, Rachel. And as much as you love black men, I watch your show. You salivate over AI every chance you get. Ooh, you will love you some black men. I bet you would. All the gingers I know love black men. <laughs> I bet you would. But you have the, um, the gall to say that this was a Black Lives Matter thing. When you're the first one to go on TV and cape for Black Lives Matter. But they only matter when they don't affect how your life is. Huh. That's what we doing here. That's how we playing it. You think you say I think I'll be surprised, but I'm not. Because in my heart of hearts, I feel like you're all that way. How am I to know what you think? How am I to know what you say behind closed doors? That's one thing about California. It's probably one of the most racist states out there, but it's hidden racism. The people hide it. They hide their racism. They hide their prejudices. You know, we all have prejudices. But we all can't be racist. We'll talk about that another day. Not in a position of power to be so. We don't believe that we're the dominant race. As if that was the case, man, we would have taken this damn thing over a long time ago. We just want what's fair. We don't want to overthrow. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. But Rachel Nichols, would you have said this on air? Nah. I know you felt sorry. I heard your weak ass apology. It wasn't much of an apology to me. I was waiting to see Richard Jefferson. He was just shaking in his boots. He wanted to explode. It seemed very uncomfortable the first 10 minutes of that show. <laughs> Rachel Nichols. Instead of trying to find out why you're not the female they've chose to put on there, why you're not the one who got that opportunity, why don't you complain about why there's just not more of you on there? Why does it only have to be one female? You ever thought of that? Why does it have to be a competition all the time? I've heard people say that in the in the other industry worlds where there's always two black women fighting for one position. Because they want to meet that quota and I got to be that one. We got to stab each other in the back. So it's not just white and black. It goes all the way around. Two brothers. They're like, I'm going to fighting each other for that one position because they know they, want them, they only want one of you to meet that quota. And then the white man gets mad when that one black man gets it. Oh, he got it from affirmative action. Well, my God, goddamn, 90% of the company looks like you. It, a black person has to do the job five times better than his white counterparts just to be considered for the position. Let me get that straight. Five times better to be considered for the position not to actually obtain it y'all remember Stuart Scott fantastic when you see the black people on ESPNs or any of these platforms they are excellent because they had to be they had to be you would never see a black skip Bayless ever ever you won't make it be laughed out of the building. He'll be so discredited it wouldn't be funny. That's why I respect Tony Kornheiser so much. And Kornheiser was actually a mentor to, to, uh, to Rachel. So I wonder how he took this. I wonder how Wilbon 
dealt with this as a black man. I wonder how Wilbon dealt with this as he's also one of her mentors. So I know those conversations had to be uncomfortable for her and good. Very good. Don't want her to be fired. I actually appreciate her content. I actually like her wit. But when it comes to Maria Taylor, she doesn't hold accountable to her. I feel like L. Duncan would do it much better on the jump than Rachel Nichols does, actually. But she's limited to what she's doing. They both had children, but L. Duncan felt like she had to take a back seat when she had children. Rachel Nichols went right back to what she was doing. So when you want to talk about things like that, speak about your privilege, the things that you have gifted and granted to you, because you are nowhere near the talent of the women who are just like you, of different melanin. You're not. You're not even on their level. And yet, look at all that you have. You don't see it that way. You think you got it by based on your talent alone. And my dear, you're just mediocre. Until next time. Well, that's it this week, guys. Really appreciate you guys once again for rocking with me. Very therapeutic. Good times. Loving it. Let's keep this thing going. The song earlier, the song choice this week was Brenda's Got a Baby by Tupac Shakur. Classic hit. Gotta love it. Remember, guys, if you like the show, click like, share, and of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John the baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Yeshua. Acts 19, 1 through 4. Remember to spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace.